Welcome to the Commercial Intelligence Briefing Podcast, brought to you by NAR Commercial, the National Association of Realtors. In this program, a conversation with Barry Elms, President of Strategic Negotiations International. He's one of the NAR Commercial Signature Series speakers, and he focuses on how to be an effective negotiator. I'm your podcast host, Steve Lubetkin. Barry Elms is acclaimed by many as America's business coach in negotiation skills. In the past 20 years, Barry's given more than 2,000 presentations to corporations and associations worldwide, including the National Association of Realtors, the Wisconsin Realtors Association, Vermont Commercial Investment, AOR, and many more. His energetic and dynamic style, backed up by exciting and relevant material, receives rave reviews every time. Besides being a world-class speaker, Barry's also worked in sales, finance, and customer service and as CEO of corporations throughout Europe and America. Barry, thanks for joining us on the NAR Commercial Intelligence Briefing Podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Steve. I'm delighted to chat with you. Barry, in the Signature Series, you focus on negotiation skills. Why don't you first tell us a little bit about how you became an expert in negotiations? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do that. That happened, I think, I can track it right back to my early days, Steve. When I started my first business in my mid-20s, I like to think I was a smart guy, but it's totally naive about the practices of negotiation. And I was getting beat up by everybody, left and right, uh, whether it be suppliers, whether it be customers, potential customers. And I just got a sense that I had to do something. So I began to learn. I read books. I attended seminars. And more than anything, Steve, in order to become an expert at it, I edited the process as it, as it happened. I would sit back afterwards after I'd been to a meeting or after I'd had a negotiation, and I'd try and figure out what happened. And I'd literally track it back until I got to a point where I could define it into fairly simple terms. And with those definitions, was able to put together some game plans and started to become successful in my businesses. And I'm in, I was in a number of businesses, Steve, where you were negotiating both ends against the middle. For instance, uh, at one point, I owned a... Uh, an employment agency where you're negotiating both sides of the coin there. You're trying to get the best deal for the uh, prospective client and you're trying to get the best deal for the company that they want to uh, work for. I practiced it every day as a corporate executive and uh, eventually I had the opportunity to come over to the United States to attend some conferences and saw some guys talking about negotiations and I'm thinking, you know, these guys don't quite have it down the way that I do. And I felt from the, the way the audience was reacting and from the way I was feeling that there was more to offer than these guys were given. And so I happened to, as a matter of luck, Steve, happened to meet an American girl and um, suddenly I get married to an American girl and I thought, well, what can I offer America other than the fact that I know how to do deals? So I, I came here, I kind of staked my claim and said I'm a negotiations expert and Fortunately, people believe me, and since then, the last 25 years, I've been putting on programs all over the world. So what is it, Barry, that makes your negotiation skills program different from other programs that try to teach people negotiation skills? Yeah, and I think, you know, I discovered that, as I mentioned to you a moment ago, when I was attending these other different programs and conferences, is that there was a complexity to the way people was, were delivering their messages. I don't know whether they wanted to make themselves seem important, but there, there was a sense that negotiation is complex and difficult and requires an understanding of a variety of matrices. 
what I discovered, and, and I've been able to prove successfully, right, you know, right across the spectrum of all kind of job responsibilities, is that five elements control everything that happens. And within the five elements that represent the control of everything, there are probably six strategies that you need to uh, get a handle on in order to make those five elements work. So I guess what makes me different more than anything else is the pure simplicity of the programs. And having said that, um, I wrote a book recently about negotiations, and I had several of my negotiations expert friends that uh, I have on LinkedIn and other networks had, I had them read it, and I think what amazed them, again, was the simplicity. You know, these are people who are out there every day doing deals, and I'm able to bring it down to some simple, fundamental points, and I think people love it. And I think that's what makes me different. And the fact, I guess, Steve, if I can just add a little expansion to that thought, is that when I'm giving my presentations, I use real-life deals in my examples. There's no theories here. There's no complicated matrices, as I mentioned before. Just telling stories about how deals go down within the simple five-point framework. And I think people love it. And I was doing one just for a bunch of attorneys just last week in, in New York City. And I mean, if you've got anybody who knows how to negotiate on a day-to-day -day basis, it's attorneys. And they loved it. I think what it just... It just amazes people how you can take negotiations and condense it down into five simple principles. And I think that's what makes me different. Now, you've worked all over the world as a negotiator, including some pretty challenging places, the Middle East and Asia among them. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how, how, how is negotiations different in those parts of the world? Yeah, like, yeah, I have. I mean, I've literally worked in, in just about every continent, with the exception of Africa, I think. I've worked in Asia and the Middle East and North America and Mexico and Canada. So I do understand the, the variety of differences. But what was different, I think, was Asia. And the real fundamental difference, I think, between the way that they embrace negotiations and the way that we do in the West is that they tend to be less confrontational. They are uncomfortable with the concepts of saying no. And so I think that, yeah, the biggest difference I had to be aware of is that they will speak around the word no rather than use it. And that you have to understand when you're dealing with them that uh, they may not be agreeing with you even though they're saying uh, supportive things because they're not comfortable with disagreement. And, you know, and, and I had to spend two days with them showing them how we do things in the West. And I think what they gained from that was um, an understanding of how things are done outside of their culture. So yeah, these are smart people out there, Steve. I think they, they know that the future is potentially theirs to grab, and they want to know everything we're doing well, and they want to embrace it. And, you know, good luck to them. We just better be ready. So, Barry, if a group is considering using one of your NAR Signature Series programs, what do you think they would get as a benefit for choosing that particular program? Yeah, and I think that's a good, real good question. If I'm, a, if I'm an NAR uh, branch or a chapter and I'm looking for a signature speaker, you know, what, what separates me, I think, from many of the others, and I'm here to tell you that the signature series speakers that I've seen are all very, very good, Steve. You know, they, they're signature series speakers for a reason. But many of them are either industry experts, which means that they can talk very specifically about the industry, which can be very useful on a technical level and can help people tidy up their own business skills. Or they offer a variety of different programs, almost like what I would call a jack-of-all-trades kind of uh, uh, 
variety of choices. I bring one thing, one thing only, negotiation skills. And I bring it at the highest level. I bring it as a guy who's done it around the world, who has found a way to simplify it. So what they get from me when I'm there is, first of all, a world-class speaker. You're getting somebody who can deliver a message in a way that's going to get your attention and keep you focused. And second of all, somebody who's bringing first-generation professional negotiation skills to the tables with real-life stories. There are not many people who can do that. I mean, they're, you know, they're out there, but they're in, within the NAR, there were very few who would claim to be a dedicated professional negotiator. That's what I do. And so I think if people are looking for negotiation skills, as opposed to many of the functions that are needed to enhance their work performance, if they want pure negotiating, then talk to a pure negotiator. And that's what I think I can bring to it. And, what, you know, and the two things I think that, that they get out of it more than anything else to keep it uh, focused and real for them is... I don't get into a variety of skills, as I mentioned to you. I keep it simple. But I show them how to do two things, be both persuasive and creative. And I think what, what's important about that distinction between persuasive and creative, Steve, is that most people think in terms of being creative when it comes to negotiating, coming up with uh, mutual value solutions and give and take and compromise, all of which is absolutely essential and you've got to know how to do it. But I spend a lot of time on the persuasive side, working on the principle that good negotiators look for ways to support their argument, not for ways to change it. And as a direct result of that, I've become very persuasive and find myself doing negotiations where I don't give anything away. Uh, not that I overwhelm the other party or not that I'm uh, causing the other party to feel like they lose, but I get them to embrace my position showing the value of that position. And I think that's what I bring more than anything, is that I make it clear that negotiation is not necessarily all about making concessions or giving anything up. It's about getting agreement. And I show them how to do that using real-life stories, real deals and action. I think it's what people appreciate. Barry, let me ask you a question. What do you think are the biggest mistakes that people make when they're getting ready to enter into a negotiation with another party? You know, that's one of my favorite questions, Stephen. I'm, I'm grateful you asked it because I, you know, it's something that I talk about extensively in my programs on what we call the strategy session. The very first strategy that I talk about when I talk about kind of working through strategic ways to deal in negotiations encompasses that question. Because the biggest mistake most people make is when they prepare for a negotiation, when, they, when they're thinking about it, when they're getting ready to do it, they have a tendency to calculate solutions in their head. They figure out what maybe what their best case might be in the way of a solution. They calculate what they could live with as a middle ground by, by giving small concessions but still maintaining the integrity of their deal. And, and they have their, what we call their bottom line, that number of above or below which they won't go. And that, that is a very typical methodology, Steve, that people have for preparing. They, they think about what they could live with. They think about what kind of solution would be okay. And what I tell people is that's one of the most common and biggest mistakes anybody ever makes. Because if you think about it, if you're calculating ahead of time your best case, your middle ground, your bottom line, then the question is simply this. Who in the world are you negotiating with? If the only person in the negotiation in your head is you, then the only person who can make concessions is you. What I tell people is do not 
make mental concessions ahead of time. Do not prepare to concede. Prepare to compete. What you really want to be doing when you're preparing is thinking about what you're up against, not what you can give away, not what you can live with. So I think to, to give you a short answer to that really good question is the biggest mistake people make is they think too much about what they could live with rather than what they, can, what they are up against when they're negotiating. And you've actually done some negotiation skills training with some fairly large institutions, um, the Federal Reserve and General Motors. Talk a little bit about what those experiences were like. The Federal Reserve contract, I actually got that through my agent, and I didn't have any connection with them. But I was kind of fascinated when I first got the contract because I'm thinking, these guys hold all the cards. I mean, this is the Federal Reserve. They, they tell banks how to do things. And they have the ability to shut down the bank if they feel they're in, not in compliance. So one of the first things I wanted to establish with this community is, what in the world do they need me for? And I think the short answer was that they recognized that whilst they could impose their will, they wanted collaboration. They wanted to know how to be more versatile. They wanted to know how to deal with people on a collaborative level and come up with creative solutions simply because even though they can impose their will, they've got to deal with them again. They wanted someone like me who could come in and give them a well-rounded set of skills to offset their natural skill, which is to impose their will. Now, General Motors, that's a whole different thing again. And I had all kinds of different employees. Not the dealers, not the guys who sell GM cars, but all the head office employees, whether they be the buyers, the engineers, customer service. But what amazed me was how many of these buyers in General Motors did not perceive themselves to have power. They were of a mind that they've got to get the parts. They, they need the supplies. And so I was completely amazed at how little power someone as powerful, if you will, as General Motors perceived themselves to have in these one-on-one -on -one negotiations between buyers and suppliers. What do you see in the future, Barry? What are some of the trends you're seeing in new forms and new ways of negotiating? I try to keep abreast with what others are doing, but I also don't allow myself to be too taken away by the trendiness of things. There is a danger, Steve, in any work environment that you can find yourself grabbing onto the latest trends and getting yourself wrapped up in what works in the moment rather than what is true and tested. But I saw one recently where they talked about someone who was what they called a deal whisperer. Now, I don't have any problem with the term whisperer. I think it goes back to that old movie, you remember, called The Horse Whisperer. You remember that one, Steve? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, they had this guy now who calls himself a deal whisperer. And whilst he, he may be very good, my concern was that there's a, there's a certain trendiness that goes with calling yourself a whisperer and different things. But when I got talking to the guy and several others who are of his mindset, of, of, of talking gently, if you will, in negotiations, what I certainly discovered, and it's, it's a reality that I talk about in my programs, but it's very much the latest innovation in negotiation, is the, the concepts of developing empathy. Um, you may be familiar, I don't know if you are, Steve, with emotional intelligence. It's a, it's a very popular skill set that a lot of human resources people are developing for uh, looking for leadership skills. They want people who can relate to others. And I think what's happening in negotiations now is an extension of that thought process, that we're, we're in a world now where it's not a world dominated by, if you will, the general patterns of this world. It's not a my way or the highway world anymore. 
and you need to be able to relate to people, you've got to be able to connect to them, you've got to get them to recognize that you understand their point of view so that they can then relax and listen to yours. So what I'm seeing, I think, more than anything in negotiations is a, 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 an emphasis on the human side, an emphasis on connecting with people, relating to them, showing empathy in order to build trust. And you know what? I've always believed that to be the case, and so whilst it's become very much the emphasis in this modern world, it's always been part of what I believe. Well, Barry, it's all very interesting, and we appreciate your taking the time to be with us on the NER Commercial Intelligence Briefing Podcast. Thank you, Steve. Barry Elms is the president of Strategic Negotiations International. He's one of the NAR Commercial Signature Series speakers. You can get more information about Barry at his website, barryelms.com. And for more information about NAR Commercial, visit the website realtor.org forward slash commercial. We produce these programs in the studios of Lubetkin Global Communications in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. For everyone at NAR Commercial and the National Association of Realtors, this is Steve Lubetkin. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you out there on the net. Take good care.